The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at SeatGeek, the best and easiest to use ticket platform out there. They take the confusion out of buying tickets using a 0 to 10 scoring system and a green is good, red is bad color rating system so you and your loved ones get the best deal possible. So whether it's going to see our beloved Red Legs at Great American Ballpark, the Bengals over at Paycor, FC Cincinnati, one of the area college teams, or pretty much anything in between, use promo code RIVERFRONT at checkout and receive $20 off your first order. Click the link in the show notes to download the app and get started. That's Riverfront, one word, for 20 bucks off. everyone and welcome to the riverfront red show this is episode number 510 of the world's most dangerous podcast where we discuss the cincinnati reds and occasionally scott bankhead i'm your host nate dotson with me this week is my man tim daniel tim how are you buddy what's up nate happy happy to be here my friend and I'm glad to have you. I uh, was genuinely curious how you're doing because usually we have a few minutes to banter off camera, but this time we didn't get to, so we're jumping right into things. Yeah, um, yeah, I got doing dad duty and podcast duty all at one right now. So my daughter is in my lap, in my lap, taking a bottle. So if you guys play your cards right, this could be the cutest podcast ever. As you can see, her hand on my wire. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we go any further, please head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy and or your favorite podcast app. Give us one of those likes, follow, subscribe, thing, things. We don't like asking, but we have to. Um, also, huge shouts to our Patreon community. Uh, without these folks over there, this show would quite literally not be possible. And we appreciate their support so, so much. So if you want to go a little deeper, support the Riverfront family, head on over to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy where we're hanging out having a good time all the time. Tim, before, before we get started, <laughs> I want to address something. I can't listen to the Seat Geek ad now without hearing Steve Offenbaker, <laughs> co-host of Locked On Reds, and his glorious Southern accent, which he kind of <laughs> kind of knocked out of the park. He, so he really Steve, Steve, if you're listening to this, screw you, but that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah i uh i was not expecting that um it was really funny because uh he was like i really like being on shows like you guys because then i can kind of let my hair down and i was like but <laughs> never mind never mind yeah we don't make we don't make hair jokes <laughs> um you that if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to it uh steve was a guest on late night reds with tim and his co-host ben brown and it was fantastic highly recommend to listen and we're also getting a little appearance from Miss Iris. Sort of. Yeah, my name plays like right in the front. Say hi. Hey, cutie. <laughs> I love it. The youngest Reds fan we've ever had on this show. No lies are told. 
All right, Sam. Well, we don't have a lot to cover this week. We are recording this on Wednesday because Chad and myself will both be doing some traveling um, in advance of the Thanksgiving holiday. So we're going to do our celebrating tonight. And thanks again for coming on and helping. But before we get into that, there are a couple things I guess we need to cover. Um, free agency still going on. No big news yet. The the, the big names haven't quite the uh, You've been taken off the board. Those dominoes not falling at the time. But the Jonathan India rumor mill keeps on a, keeps on a churning. I'm waiting for the excuse to put up my Jonathan India jersey. Um, I don't know. How are, how are you feeling about the Jonathan India saga right now? Do you expect to see him in a Reds jersey in 2024? Uh, realistically, no, I don't. Um, I thought when we had Steven on that show you mentioned earlier, I mm-hmm. thought he made some great points on why he could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly makes a ton of sense, but I just don't see a circumstance where he is. Um, you know, the infield's so crowded, and there's this whole like, you know, well, if he's gonna be a designated hitter thing, you know, potentially, but I don't know how much Jonathan India is willing to just be a designated hitter. And I think that's gonna kind of be the kind of the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in this circumstance. I don't know if he is into that idea. I think he is pretty big fan of wanting to play in the play defense and get better. So we shall see, but I would have a hard time thinking that India will be here next year. Yeah. I think Reds fans have a problem with inflating Jonathan India's value. And maybe the Reds front office is suffering from the same problem. Um, let it be known. I'm a huge Jonathan India fan. I love what he brings to this team. I want to see him stick around because look around the diamond and look at the injuries that played this plagued this team last year. If yeah. you can have a guy like Jonathan India, who, when everybody's healthy, is playing a little second base, playing maybe a little third base, playing a quarter outfield spot in DH, but none of those is he your everyday guy, that's a pretty big luxury to have. That is a depth piece that other teams are going to be jealous of. And if he's not going to get a top-of-the-line starter, and he certainly will not, not – Right. By himself, he could be a uh, you know package with some top of the line prospects, I guess. But try to keep him around. I, um, I I don't see an alternative where this goes quietly. I agree. It's either going to need a like a like a like a vocal show of support, or they're going to have to move him. And yep, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about. Oh, he doesn't want to play other positions. He's not going to be willing to. What's it going to do in the clubhouse? I like to throw out that that pure speculation. Nobody has any idea. Maybe right. he's really willing to bounce around. Maybe he's willing to sacrifice wherever he can for the team. Maybe becoming a father here soon is going to soften him up a little bit, like it did you. you used to be a terror, the big bully on the internet, and now look at you, just a, just a sweetheart of a man. Yeah, I was super negative. I hated everything. I mean, used to beef with the riverfront. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's that part's kind of true. But <laughs> so yeah, we are watching intently, hoping for some news on the free agency front. Obviously, the big news everybody's hoping for is the Reds signing Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot report that that has happened as of eight thirty p.m. on Wednesday, November fifteenth. Um, as far as random topics, that's kind of it. There was a little bit of news, I guess. Um, r- rookie. Oh my goodness, I can't handle it. The uh, rookie of the year. Um, voting was released. Three Reds got votes. Um, obviously, those being Spencer Steer, Matt McClain, and Ellie De La Cruz. Did anything surprise you there? No, not really. I fully expected Corbin Carroll would win. Um, I did kind of expect McClain to get a few more votes than he did. 
Mm-hmm. I thought the fact he only got one second place vote was kind of silly because he was pretty tremendous. And granted, he did play shorter time than Carroll, obviously. Um, but I thought Matt McLean certainly deserved a little bit more pub. And I get why Ellie didn't they all shine us right with uh, his struggles he had in the second half of the season. But um, no, overall, I don't think anything that's so surprised me. I just thought McLean deserved a little more. But, you know, it's it's second place voting. He really gives a shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Ellie get a vote at all. Yeah. I wasn't mad about it. Good for him. But I'm I'm guessing that was the Braves GM. Remember the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, the Reds did add three players to the 40-man roster to protect them from being claimed in the Rule 5 draft. Um, a couple notes on those guys. They were Reese Hines and... Please forgive me when I mispronounce this. Not if Jacob Hurtabisi. Hurtabisi. How do you say that? Hurtabisi. Hurtabisi. You're close. Better. Less than eight points out of ten. And then Christian Roa. Um, I don't have a ton to say. All of these make sense in some ways. I think Reese Hines was obvious, right? He uh, he he had a real slow start to 2023, but then from the end of May on, he flat out raked. Rated, rates as the club's 12th rated prospect. Ended up with 23 home runs from, I think it was May 26th, 24 to 26 on. Had a 303, 375, 617 slash line after allegedly making some mechanical adjustments. Dude's fast. He's got a great arm, good defense. I certainly can't quibble with him getting that spot on the 40, man. Any re-signs thoughts? Uh, he's a guy that's kind of gone up and down, right, with the, what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's a guy that certainly deserves a shot at the 40 man, uh, to have the possibility to potentially get on the bigger roster. Um, you know, it's obviously the, the big core of group of guys that they had that were making them the top farm system are now up at the big league roster. So it's time to kind of have these other guys step up and here's his chance. He gets to go to big league camp now, uh, has a shot to play at a higher level in the minors next season. So we'll see how it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. If those adjustments are legit, then, He's the type of guy that can that can make a difference in the future. And if not, no harm, no foul. Right. Uh, the next guy there was Jacob Hurtabies, who is a top 25 prospect, I think, now. Uh, top five in most ridiculous last names in the organization. So congrats to Jacob for that. Um, I had honestly never heard of this guy until about halfway through last season. He's yeah, a weird he's a, Yeah, he's a weird prospect. Absolutely no power. Um, fantastic high contact rate. Uh, really high walk rate. Actually, walked more than he struck out last year. I love to see that. He also has lots of speed. Forty-five stolen bases last year. So, I don't know much about him. I know that um, our, our good buddy Joe Farfsing, host of the uh, Bengals show, is a big Herdebees fan. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I will now transfer all of my Alejo Lopez love over to Jacob Herdebees, and he damn well better respect it. He also went to Army, so you know if you're that's cool. You're in love with the service academies. Uh, uh, you, you feel like you love the makeup with somebody that's willing to go and uh, and deal yeah. with that. Jacob Hurtubi is our favorite player now. Yeah. Yeah. No, Iris still likes Alejo Lopez. Yeah. She was like, that guy. <laughs> the last prospect is uh, Christian Roa. Again, I don't know a ton about him. Looks like he has lots of strikeouts and very little control. Not quite Ricky Karcher levels, but... 170 strikeouts and 120.1 innings pitched last year. Um, second round pick, 2020, so a little bit of a pedigree, but 
you know, they're saying if he, uh, if the control doesn't come around, he has big time upside as a reliever. And I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but the Reds need relievers. You don't say. <laughs> what gives that away, Nate? Oh, goodness. Hopefully we're not having that same conversation uh, here in a few months. Yeah. The only other news, I didn't have this on the notes. Um, it just got released a few hours ago. The uh, AL and NL Cy Young awards and the voting got released. No big surprises there. Garrett Cole with the Cy Young, the American League, and then Blake Snell in the National League. I guess the only thing really worth mentioning was the uh, three former Reds got votes. Yeah. Uh, top five votes in the AL Cy Young. And that was um, Sonny Gray, obviously, who finished second, I think. Luis Castillo finished fifth. And then um, old friend Kevin Gaussman. Good old Kevin Gaussman. <laughs> Legendary Cincinnati Red. I always forget so, yeah. he pitched for the Reds. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? I Honestly, Twitter. Twitter told me that. I think yeah. it was while I was gone. Uh, congratulations, all those guys. Don't care. They're not Reds anymore. If they become Reds again, then I'll care again. Um, one thing I want to mention, and this is actually a, a question from uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, Kyle Kapler. I want to go ahead and jump into this real quick because the 40-man roster is now full after signing these three guys. Um Kyle Kapler says, are you going to lose sleep if some of the prospects not protected from the Rule 5 draft get drafted? No. 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 <laughs> not at all. No. Not at all. I had very little thoughts on a couple of the guys who did get protected. I'm certainly not going to lose sleep over the guys that are not. Right. Nick Crawl, who loves him some prospects, doesn't love you enough to protect you, then why should I? True, True words. <laughs> Um, Tim, before we get into the topic of the week, did you see that they are or at least talking about reducing the pitch clock even further with runners on base? I didn't. Uh, that is a little – I actually like the pitch clock. <laughs> so, For those that are just uh, listening, oh Iris is taking control of the microphone. I too am a huge fan of the pitch clock, but – they're proposing reducing it from 20 seconds to 18 when runners are on base, and I just don't understand it. I feel like you just have a bunch of people who aren't sitting back and watching the games as an entertainment product, making these decisions for the sake of justifying their salaries instead of doing what's good for the game of baseball. So I don't know. And No more thoughts. Just just calm down, man. When, when I, the pitchers get injured enough as it is. The game right. is super fun. Pitch clock was a success. Take the W and move on. Oh my gosh, she's crazy, man. <laughs> she's being the best. Thankfully, she uh, came to entertain us on a week where we don't have a ton to talk about. Yeah. So let's dive right into the topic of the week. This is going to be our Thanksgiving-themed episode. We will not be having a show next week. Um, I'm going to be out of town. Chad may get on there. Who knows? He might get bored. He misses y'all. He's been telling me uh, how much he misses everybody in the Riverfront family. So we'll see, but I wouldn't expect it. So we're going to do a little Thanksgiving chatter right now. And to bring this all together, we decided to power rank Thanksgiving foods. Yep. And we're going to try to tie these in to the 2024 vintage of the Cincinnati Reds, if we can. We're going to, we're going to give it the old college try. Yep. So Tim sent me some of his preferred foods. I did mine. We mixed and matched a little bit. I took some, uh, got some intel from people on the Twitters. 
And this is the definitive power ranking of Thanksgiving foods list. And I would like to hear people's thoughts on this list and any items that we missed. Please sound off in the comments or on Twitter slash X. Iris, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? <laughs> what are you going to say? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? What's, what do we eat for Thanksgiving? Um, she is this very is... fond of uh, chopped up spinach puffs. Uh, if you're ever a kid, you'll know about this very well. Did not uh, make the list. No, did not make the list. Um, I don't think huh. our fan base is big on spinach. Uh, <laughs> Honorable mention. Yeah. But... Um, She's crazy, man. She's just having so much fun. Let her just let let her go. She loves All Studio right. Del Dad. Who doesn't? All right, let's kick it off. To uh, no surprise to anyone, the number one food in power rankings is turkey. It's got to be turkey, man. Yeah. A little gravy on that bad boy. You can smoke it. You can deep fry it. You can buy it from your local food line and. Do whatever the package says. I don't care. Turkey is a must. It's the most important dish on the Thanksgiving spread. But, Tim, we got to try to find a way to make this about the Reds. So, for me, I'm at turkey with gravy. And that's the starting rotation to me. You mm-hmm. know, it's the, it's the main attraction. It's the must-have dish, if you will. You can have a terrific spread. But if that turkey is doo-doo, it just brings down the whole meal. Brings down the whole roster. That's kind of how I feel about the Reds rotation this upcoming season. You know, they have a dope infield. You know, make, they make one move and they're going to have an above average outfield. But if the rotation doesn't take a massive, massive step up, if it isn't bomb and cooked to perfection, the whole mill is going to be ruined. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't have a situation like the Griswolds and Christmas vacation when they go to cut the turkey. Uh, that's kind of what it was like when all the red starters got injured, uh, this past year, when you saw green Lodolo and Ashcraft take some time out mm-hmm. and all the guys that were thrown in and out to getting spot starts mm-hmm. and starts and things like that. Uh, your Levi stouts of the world, no disrespect to them. So a little, yes, uh, that's, that's the way to be. I mean, I think the Turkey is exactly that this, you know, this sets up a perfect situation for your team to win games on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, the Turkey, you know, with a great sides, that is definitely what the reds could potentially be. Absolutely. If you got a great turkey, then you can have a great team, season, meal. I don't know. We're trying. We're trying here. All right, number two on our power rankings, mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mashed potatoes could also have some of that gravy if you want. You can skin in. I like a little garlic on mine. You can get creative. Iris certainly perked up at mashed potatoes. Uh, For me, Tim... The mashed potatoes in this meal is going to be <laughs> is going to be Tyler Stevenson. Oh, absolutely! Because you know, it just it looks good sitting there on the table on the counter. Mm-hmm. Looks good on the plate, and you know sometimes it absolutely crushes, and it's the best thing in the whole spread. But other times it doesn't quite hold up. It doesn't perform as good as it looks. You know, a good mashed potatoes dish, it's going to bring it every time. But a bad one is a little bland, a little uninspiring, if you will. So for me, I'm hoping that the 2024 version of Tyler Stevenson is full of that buttery, sour, creamy, you know, a little salt and pepper, a little garlic, maybe some, maybe some cheddar cheese in there. Sprinkle some scallion greens on top. That's uh, a damn fine dish that takes a turkey day spread over the top. 
Your professionalism during this is amazing, by the way. I just want to go ahead and say. Um, so, sometimes I have to go to my other note screen because if I just see Iris going crazy, I can't stop smiling and laughing. Believe me, it's uh, she's about past her bedtime. She doesn't want to sleep. She uh, <laughs> just got back from seeing Nana. So this is going to be our most watched episode. I ever. hope so. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> so my mashed potatoes. It's Matt McLean because Ooh. you can't do no wrong with mashed potatoes if they're done right. And Matt McLean, certainly in his time in the big leagues last year, did everything right as much as possible till he got injured at the end. Um, you know, stayed in shape, did his thing, capped off a lot of big games. Excellent defender. Feels like that's a solid comparison to mashed potatoes. I like it. I think that works pretty well. I have Matt McLean for something else, and conveniently, it's next up in our power rankings. Mac and cheese. Ooh, okay. So I'm glad that you are a mac and cheese Thanksgiving guy. I hear this is not very common uh, from the people who don't live in the East and the Midwest like we do. Absolutely, man. Mac and cheese is delicious. And, you know, a good mac and cheese, just like a good Matt McLean, it can carry the meal for a little bit. Yeah. You know, and a bad version of it, it's still going to be effective. It's still going to make things happen. It's still going to be pretty tasty. That's Matty McLean, and even if he's not hitting that well, he's playing good defense, and uh, just his presence, his his bat in the lineup allows the rest of it to flourish. It goes with anything. It can play a couple different positions. It's available. It goes hard in the paint. Okay, that doesn't have to be anything to do with mac and cheese. but uh, That's NBA Friday. The fact of the matter is, if you got mac and cheese on your plate or Matt McLean in your lineup, nobody, nobody's going to be mad about that. True. Very true. Um, I think since you kind of said mac and cheese is kind of what holds it all together, right? That's like your your meal that you can always you can always have on the side. You can put it with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my Spencer Steer. I was gonna say now that you're talking saying that out loud, maybe Spencer Steer needs to be the mac and cheese. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I like that. The versatility is huge because you can you know you can craft mac and cheese out of the box. Nobody's writing home about that. Not winning any Michelin stars. Still tasty. Kids are mm-hmm. going to love it. You got to have the kids' table set up. Or you can get a little fancier with it. I love it. All right. Next up is stuffing. Stuffing. Ooh. Some people call it dressing. Are you a stuffing or a dressing person? I'm stuffing. I just actually learned today at work about this dressing scenario. I think they call it dressing when I was growing up, but I haven't heard it in quite a while. Do you have any um, nominations or storylines or anything? Involving the 2024 Reds for stuffing. I got a couple uh, if you don't. Yeah. To me, stuffing is kind of the Ellie De La Cruz, right? Because Ooh. one of those things where it's like everything about it should be good. But once you have a little too much of it, like Ellie's second half of the baseball season, you get a little tired, right? You get a little sleepy. You get a little fatigued. Uh, and Ellie definitely, you can see, was getting fatigued because he hadn't had that much of a workload before. So my stuffing is going to be Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> That's hilarious because mine is also Ellie De La Cruz for different reasons. I actually had Ellie and Noel de Marte in mine because because it's got that spice, it's got that flavor, baby. You know, this guy, those guys bring the spice and flavor to the diamond. They got the personality, and you know, like like me with stuffing, I had no idea how good it was going to be until I experienced it that first time, and that is certainly true for the first time I saw Ellie De La Cruz on the diamond. And Noel V. Marte, when he made his debut, I think he's already got like a 700-game hitting streak. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, man. Uh, also, it's it's used to fill a cavity. 
Stuffing just go. fills up that turkey cavity. And I think that Ellie and Noelvi are going to feel the hole in my heart left by Joseph Daniel Fado's departure. I agree. I agree. So shouts to Stuffing and shouts to Ellie and Noelvi. All right, next one we have an interesting one. And we, we 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 got similar but not the same. I had green beans, and you went for green bean casserole. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I don't either. Um, I'll bat lead off and just go with my green beans. I have Graham Ashcraft. Okay. I pick Graham here because I like my green beans southern style. There you You go. I like them a little bit soft, cooked with some bacon or ham hock. That sounds like Graham Ashcraft, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, green beans, not really a make it or break it kind of dish. If everything else on the spread is dope, you can forgive some lackluster green beans. But when it's slapping, when it is just hitting, green beans and Graham Ashcraft really round out the rotation. I like that. I'm going with Alexis Diaz because Alexis Diaz, you know, green beans, like you said, when they slap, they slap. And when they don't, it's nobody's fault. And Alexis Diaz, when he got tired at the end of the year because he was relied on so much, that was uh that was time for him to kind of chill a little bit more. And I think that's where the green beans fit very, very perfectly with uh, Alexis Diaz because Lord knows by the time August came around, he his arm was not having it anymore. I like it. I think that fits perfectly. I had Alexis Diaz for our next item on the rankings. So let's move right into that. Pumpkin pie, baby. Oh, baby. It's the closer. It, it is. Doesn't, doesn't show up till the end. It really caps the perfect meal. You definitely don't want to see it too much. But by the time by the time you get to it, by the time you finish it, it's probably been a pretty darn good day. Yep. I uh some bitch. I probably should use Alexis Diaz for that as well. Um, <laughs> I can't use Ian Jabot because that means you had it too much. Or you don't have any left. Right. <laughs> Your cat and my daughter just want to be part of the show today. We're full of guest appearances on the holiday episode. Everybody's getting in the spirit. Yeah. All right. Did you have anybody else for pumpkin pie? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go with Joey Votto. I love it. The Reds. And it was time for him to, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was the farewell and it's your la- it's the last portion of your Thanksgiving meal. So, yes, I'm going to go with Joey Votto. You know, I hate it, but it's good. That's pretty good. All right, keep it moving here. Next up, I kind of cheated here. It's not even a food. I went with wine. I had to go with wine because I think it's necessary for a Thanksgiving meal. And for me, my wine comparison is Hunter Green and Andrew Abbott. That was mine, too. Let's go. I love it. All right. Why did you pick those two? Uh, Because when it's good, it's smooth. And when Hunter Green is on his game, there is nothing like it. And Andrew Abbott is kind of like a wine that ages really well, you know? Mm-hmm. like. Um, so I think that that was pretty fitting because Andrew Abbott, you can see, was like came up there, went through his time in the minors, and was like, I got this. Um, I know, obviously, once he kind of got up there in Eddings, it was a little bit more difficult for him, but... You agree? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Andrew Abbott and Hunter Green as well. That was very nice. I love it. Yeah, the direction I went was that, you know, a, a good wine or two is an absolute must for a, for a solid Thanksgiving meal. And it's the same for the top of the rotation. One has to be the starter, the first thing you consume. 
And you want that to be dope and really set the tone for the rest of the meal. And then once that first one is done, you want to follow it up with another fantastic option that carries you through dinner. You know, in the middle middle game of a three-game set, you take the first two, you win the series. You start the meal off with two really good glasses of wine, you're going to enjoy the rest of the meal. It just puts you in the right position for happiness and success. Also, I love the comparison because the wines don't need to be anything alike. Much like those Reds, two studs, Hunter being the power pitcher with the 100-mile-an-hour fastball and Andrew Abbott being a little more crafty, a little more, a little more complex. So – I love it. I'm glad we went the same way. Iris definitely agrees. Yeah. All right. Moving on for our eighth item. We made it through 10. I'm pretty, pretty pleased with us. Rolls, baby. You got to have the rolls on there. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, for rolls, I went with David Bell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the story of the 2024 season without bringing up David Bell. And how I compare him to rolls is that Nobody's going to write home about the rolls. Nobody finishes up their plate and goes, man, you know, it really carried that meal, the rolls. Sometimes you're going to be pleasantly surprised with how the rolls turn out. Other times they're going to lack any sort of flavor, just dry and crusty. And they're going to annoy you more than they should. Because like managers in a baseball season in the scope of a massive Thanksgiving spread, they really just don't matter that much. I like it. So you kind of mentioned it. The rolls can kind of, Shock you at times with how successful they can be. Let that be a lesson to everyone. Don't bring up David Bell in front of Iris. (laughs) I'm going to go with Luke Maley. The nice big surprise of being the great backup catcher he was. And I think, uh, you know, he kind of compared. He's like the rules of Texas Roadhouse, though, right? Like always solid, never overbooked. We never overburnt. You know, it holds it down. I like it. Now, Texas Roadhouse rolls are a different beast. If you're getting your rolls for Thanksgiving from Texas Roadhouse, Roadhouse, then they're way better than David Bell. (laughs) All right, moving on. Number nine on the list, corn. Straight up corn. It's a big lump with knobs that has the juice. It does. Do you you have someone or something you want to compare corn to? Um, Big lump with knobs. (laughs) Be careful here. Yeah, I don't I don't think I want to touch that one. <laughs> For me, I went with the prospects. Uh, we got to talk about the prospects. And like corn, there's a lot of different types. Sometimes it's going to slap. Sometimes the recipe just doesn't quite pan out. Or sometimes the chef is just super caucastic and there's no flavor, which you know, happens in southern and midwestern households on occasion. And you know what, Tim? More than anything else. This is Thanksgiving after all. And in the old pilgrim times, what was corn commonly used for? You got it. Trading. Oh. (laughs) Also whiskey. That was a little bit later. Trading. They were trading corn to keep everybody happy and for sustainability. It's great to have, but it's often best utilized in acquiring other more useful things, just like prospects. I hope some people get triggered on that. (laughs) <laughs> all right Tim. last up number 10 on our thanksgiving food power rankings sweet potato casserole you didn't have this on yours i threw it in there in mine because i needed to talk about this bullpen a little bit and as with any casserole you're throwing a bunch of ingredients at a dish and hoping it works out <laughs> sometimes it's going to be sweet sometimes rich 
sometimes a little bland, sometimes cromulent, all over the place at any given time. You know, it's never going to be the MVP, but a good one sure can make a difference. And that sounds was, like a bullpen to me. Yep. I think that's exactly a spot on. I was going to use the same thing, but I was going to say particularly Buck Farmer and Bow because I don't really enjoy sweet potato casserole, and sometimes it's given to me way too much at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. Well, you heard it here first. That is the definitive Thanksgiving food power rankings. If you disagree, please let us know. You people are so very good at that. I have faith that you will. All right, Tim, you ready to get into some viewer mail questions to take this bad boy home? Let's do our best. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'll wrap this up quick so you can go continue being a father. Um, as always, these questions come from our friends and family over at patreon.com slash riverfront. Since you are you too can join the family. This isn't so much of a question as a comment. Joe Farfsing says, Crawl is the stuffing and Bob is the turkey's rear end. McLean is the best part of Thanksgiving dinner. The appetizers. Interesting. I like I thought it. He, I he would have said the leftovers, but I don't know who the leftovers would be in this situation. We'll find out come uh, the trade deadline. It's Nixon's all the leftovers. Yeah, might be. <laughs> all right, moving on. Seth Shainer says, fellas, by the time you read this, I will have undergone ankle surgery. Ooh. Well, get well soon, buddy. Let, yeah. us know how, let us know how that went. Pressure recovery. Uh, yeah, sending you all of the well wishes. He says, what injured red from 2023 do they most need to come back for a full and healthy 2024? Joy Votto. <laughs> you son of a gun. We're trying to move past it. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go with Nick Lodolo. I yeah, have, I, yeah, I have such little faith that they are going to make an impactful move for a starting pitcher that we need him healthy throwing 150 pitches or innings. Hopefully, more than 150 pitches. <laughs> 150 innings at least. I don't see him doing much more than that. You have to think they'll have him on a, a restriction, but yeah, Nick Lodolo. Um, all right, Joey Gaditza. Our Canadian contingent says, Morning, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving to my American friends. We had ours already, but my question is, am I an odd character for not liking any Thanksgiving food? Like, literally, I don't care for any of it. This year, we ordered pizza instead, LOL. A few things to say there. One, yes, you're an odd character, but not necessarily for this, or not only for this. Just kidding. We love you, Joey. Um, have you ever celebrated Canadian Thanksgiving? Nope. With our um, my, my restaurant that I had in China, we had a lot of Canadians, and we celebrate it every year, and it is exactly like American Thanksgiving, just on a different date. Different reasons for celebration, but from a food standpoint, exact same. Joey, you're nuts, man. Thanksgiving food is awesome. If you don't fall head over heels for turkey, I'm okay with that. There's a reason you don't see turkey on the menu at any sit-down restaurants. It's just not practical. And it's, it's only good a couple times a year. Sliced turkey, different beast. So, man, I don't know. Like, You don't like mashed potatoes. You don't like mac and cheese. You don't like green beans. Sure, you like the wine, right? You got to like the wine. Tim, what is your favorite of all the turkey? Thanksgiving spread. Um, hmm, probably mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. You look like a mashed potatoes kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Joey, it's crazy. Maybe you should get turkey pizza at least. 
right, next question comes from the always brief and concise Rich Thompson. Rich says, gentlemen, the holidays have many traditions, and Thanksgiving has the breaking of the turkey wishbone where the winner is granted one wish. Imagine this. In a parallel slash alternate universe, you are invited to share a Thanksgiving meal with the Crawls and the Castellinis, and during the meal, they challenge you to the breaking of the turkey wishbone. To sweeten the competition, the Carls and Castellini say, okay, if you win, we will add $20 million to next year's budget to help bring in a needed pitcher for the Reds. But if you lose, you agree to only say positive things about how we run the team for the whole 2024 season. Under those conditions, do you accept their turkey wishbone challenge? Bring it on. You say yes. Tim will only be positive and kind about the Castellinis and Nick crawl um i can't do that i'm gonna get mad at him for proposing this scenario to begin with you you just told me you have the 20 million dollars spend it don't gamble it on some wishbone game and also how dare you suggest that we can be bought at the riverfront we will not be we will speak the truth to our beloved dear loyal listeners and viewers because you deserve it so no all right, last up comes from our buddy James Urban. He says, gentlemen, feel free to comment on my Thanksgiving hot takes. Ham is better than turkey. Pecan pie is overrated. Christmas season does not start until the day after Thanksgiving. Anything before that is fake. Cheers with a beer emoji. Um, first thing I'll comment on is the beer emoji. I do love beer and cheersing. Christmas does not start until the day after Thanksgiving. I used to feel that way. That was how it was celebrated in my household growing up. I have since come to come of the opinion that uh, whatever makes you happy, man, whatever makes you happy. And I think in my perfect world, Christmas decorations should go up after Halloween, but no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, at least not in the house. Tim, thoughts on those? Uh, I'm a Christmas seasoner November 1st on. I don't care. I'm not home enough during November, December to not like have to wait. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take enjoy every single moment I can. Um, I am fine with the ham over turkey. I don't disagree. I just eat turkey because it's a little healthier. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a pecan pie guy either. Fair enough. Um, I do agree. Ham is better than turkey. Um, ham is you know around all year long instead of just that one day. Uh, pecan pie, delicious. Underrated, I would say. That's the only thing I'm going to push back on heavily. I think pecan pie is underrated. All right. That is going to do it for us on this episode of the Riverfront. Like I said, didn't have a lot of news, so we're going to wrap up a little bit short this week. Tim, I'm going to ask you if you have anything else going to the Riverfront, but if you have a crying child, you do not have to answer. Uh, Actually recording NBA Friday tonight since the Bengals play on Thursday to go up for Friday. Um, Really bummed I couldn't get Chad on this episode because – we talk about his favorite player, Allen Iverson. Um, but he did send me some really awesome thoughts I can't wait to share on the episode. I love it. I wish we could have Chad on here for a Thanksgiving episode, but he would just want to scream that seven or the, uh, what is it? The Cincinnati WKRP in Cincinnati Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. which is the only thing. As if we used to watch that every year for Thanksgiving. Love it. My God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. Amazing. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch that. Yeah, a lot of great stuff going on at the Riverfront. Go to our website, uh, riverfrontcincy.com. Fantastic coverage. 
of all the local sports teams, um, University of Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, Xavier, and Miami of Ohio, pumping out content over there, covering just about every single aspect of those athletic programs. Really cool stuff that we're pumped about. Um, go check out Ben and Tim, Late Night Reds on Sunday nights. Please go check out Joe and Greg at the Bengals show. Big week, big week for the fellas. Um, Thursday night game. My goodness, I'm going to be glued to the TV. And my hot take of all hot takes is that Lamar Jackson is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. And that's going to be it, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your mom's friends. Don't tell Zach Wilson to tell your mom or your mom's friends because it's a dangerous game. Please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And we are on all of the platforms. And once again, huge, huge, huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. Couldn't do it without you guys. Please, we'd love for y'all to join in on the hijinks. We have a good time over there. Uh, shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto and Wayne Grandchicki and Eli Cash. For Tim Daniel and Scott Bankhead, this is Nate Dotson saying, take it easy, Cincinnati.